0: hey guys welcome to life and things podcast uh this is corinne and it's been a couple weeks since i've come on here um it's been a a pretty pretty tough couple weeks mostly because our uh our dog turbo he's a he was a very sweet german shepherd um he got ill it kind of started around um Thanksgiving when he came down with some stomach bug, um, that he had caught from a couple other dogs and, and he just never really fully recovered. We ended up bringing him to the vet two weeks ago and found out that he, all of his enzymes and stuff for his kidneys were really high. And so, um, they did an ultrasound we ended up putting him in the the, doc, the hospital for three days where he got fluids and was able to they were able to get him to start eating again and you know we were really hoping that it would be something that we could treat and that he would be okay but uh, we found out that he was born with one kidney that was really small and the other kidney which was fairly deformed so uh the the fact that he had lived to two years almost two and a half years was amazing (laughs) um so i thought i'd go through the story of how we got him um at the beginning of this week though first of all i just wanted to say that uh you know he stayed with us for one more week after he got out of the hospital and then we ended up having to put him down he just he was suffering he was starting to suffer he wasn't he wasn't really able to hold down water or food anymore, so we, we had to make the choice. So on Tuesday of this week, um, we went ahead and brought him in, and we sat with him while the whole thing went went through. All right, so let me go through the positives of Turbo. Um, we got Turbo in September about a year and, a year and four months ago, and um, it was right before his first birthday. Um, he... I guess you would say he was a rescue but um it was basically through a friend of ours who knew somebody who had this german shepherd that they just couldn't keep anymore so he we brought him home and we tried him out and he was just such a sweet dog huge a huge german shepherd um he was not a squatty german shepherd he didn't have that tilted back end so he had this straight back i guess from what i've heard it's more of a european style um, many people we bumped into while out with Turbo thought that he was maybe a King Shepherd, which I guess they're just bred to be bigger. But Turbo never really got heavier than uh, 75, 78, I think, maybe is at his height of weight. Though A dog of his size really should have been over 100. But due to his health issues, he just didn't eat much. He ate enough to keep himself sustained, but he never really got bulky. So we got Turbo, we brought him home. He just fit in super well with our family right away. Um, You know, we're big into going camping, and he went camping with us many, many times. Um, We took him for walks. He loved to get in the back of the pickup truck and take rides. He liked, he was very good to our cat, even though our cat's kind of a jerk. Um, But he played with our cat really nicely, he was never rough enough to, to cause any harm to the cat. The cat was more rough on the dog, I would say. And, um, and yeah, he just was a sweet dog. He was very, very intelligent. Um, if he had to go outside, he would take his nose and tap it on the door handle to let us know that he wanted to go out and the door handle would cause like a little like (laughs) dink. Um, he loved messing with, um, with Brian. So For example, he was, Brian was the only one that the dog would do this to. He would go to the door, he'd dink it. And then Brian would get up from where he was at, go over to let the dog out. And the dog would like literally walk away. And it was almost like the dog's sense of humor. You know, it's like he knew that Brian was going to get up, walk, you know, have to get off the couch, walk all the way across the room or from wherever we were. And then he, the dog would just be like, ah, mind, Just kidding. So the dog had a, a pretty decent sense of humor. He didn't like floating docks. Um, we've got video of him trying to cross a floating dock. He ended up being able to do it, but it just took him a long time. He did not like the motion of the floating dock. Um, he was very playful. He loved running around the backyard every night. He was very protective too. So he would do his rounds every night and he would check like the back door and the front door and make sure nothing was happening. Um, He was very protective of my daughter, which I loved. He loved his treats. Yeah, there was just a lot of positives about that dog. Just so many different positives. He was like, I don't know. He was just so intelligent. He was so smart. And he just, he loved all people. He loved all dogs. Um, he loved the dog park, running around with other animals. He was kind of like the one that would check people if they were getting too rambunctious out there. He'd be like, hey, no, <laughs> you're not going to fight today. Um, he loved his car rides. Yeah, he was he was just a really good dog. He was a really good dog. He was an amazing family member. He was very gentle with Everybody in our family, though he was very playful, he, you know, he'd never bite anybody. Like even when he was playing and he'd like put his mouth over your arm or whatever, he would never bite down. He liked laying in the bed, even though he was not supposed to. We would let him get his, he never got his back paws on the bed for some reason, but he would get his entire front half of his body. And he was so tall that his back end would still reach the floor. Um he never chewed anything. He was he was just a really good dog. I mean, just the sweetest sweetest German shepherd. He backed up like a horse because he was so big. Called it the turbo moonwalk. <laughs> and he definitely enjoyed his cookies. His doggy cookies. But he was a very picky eater. So we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what he liked. And it seemed like he changed his mind by the minute. But, you know, coming to find out it was because of all his health issues that he probably would depict whether or not he wanted something based on how he felt the last time he ate it. Which, most of the time, it made him feel sick. So he's in a better place now. And I'm glad that we had him for the year and a half. So here's the turbo and the amazing year and a half that my family got to spend with him. All right, so moving out of that topic, (laughs) let's talk about 2021 in review. This has been a very tough year for many people. A very tough year. Um, There's been some positives in it in my life at least, but there's been a lot of tough things that have occurred all the way from the beginning of 2021, all the way through the end of 2021. You know, we came out of 2020 thinking, oh, things could not possibly continue in this way. Like, you know, the pandemic happened. We had all the lockdowns. Everybody was at each other's throats for darn darn near a year, you know? And then we get into 2021 and more things happened that really nobody really suspected, you know? Um, Anxiety and the uncertainty of what was happening kind of transferred from 2020 into 2021, you know, without any real skipping of a beat, right? Um, I know that I felt it. I felt the anxiety. I felt all the uncertainty going on. And, you know, it was happening within companies, within families, within cities i mean people just you could feel the tension and a lot of people didn't make it out of 2021 because of it um i mean let's let's go into that for a second we were starting to see a decline in in suicide rates especially in the united states but also in other countries and that that happened in 2020 Uh, 2018 to 2019, the suicide rates had dropped and we're at, we're starting to come down, right? So we had had the steady increase and then all of a sudden it started to drop down. And then all of a sudden in 2021, we saw this huge boost of suicide rates, a 3% increase in suicide rates. It went from, I think it was like a 13.4 or something to a 16.1%. Um, the suicide rate for men is much higher than it is for women. For some reason, um, we saw a 25% suicide rate for males in 2021. And for females, the suicide rate was a 7.5% suicide rate. So, you know, there's definitely some tension still going on, some anxiety, some depression. Uh, people are definitely still feeling it i mean there's still a bunch of uncertainty going on and i'm going to go through some of what we saw in 2021 and then i'm going to talk a little bit about 2022 and what we we might be expecting and i'm not going to say that i know for a fact that any of these things are going to be happening but you know just some things to look out for and then i'm going to talk about what my plan is for 2022 because you know you got to make a plan what are you going to do how are you going to Or some coffee for myself. You know, since this is a live show um, and I've been doing more live than I have anything else recently just because it's it seems easier. <laughs> um for lunch, um, after her swim lessons, because it would end right before noon. Um, I remember sitting there and listening, you know, I just found out that one of the, one of the supervisors who used to report to me had just died and there was talk that it might've been suicide. Now I've never been had a confirmation on that, but I'm, I know that he had been going through some stuff, divorce and all that, that had really brought him down and he just really never acted the same you know, and then I lost my job. So I lost touch with him and never really kept in touch with him, mostly because I was going through my stuff, too. But, um, you know, so he I think it took him down. I think that he he felt it just like the rest of us do. And he just couldn't get himself back out of it. And I think there's a lot of people who are going through that on a day to day basis who just aren't certain how they can get themselves out of their situation. And sometimes they lose hope and they lose faith and they crumble, which is what causes the suicide rates. Then we have the job situation in this country and in, in a lot of countries, but in the United States is really all I can speak to because that's where I'm located. Um, You know, there was the mandate that went out by Biden saying that any company over, I think it was, I think it started out with being over 500. And then it went down to 200 people um, that were at that company. If there was more than 200 people that they would have to mandate the vaccination. And I think that because of the country pushing it so hard and um, a lot of people just sort of Stop trusting. And there was a large group of people who decided they just didn't want that vaccination because it didn't make sense that they were pushing it so hard and mandating it and not giving people the choice. Um, So a lot of people chose not to get it and they left their their companies. Um, Other people left their jobs because they realized that with inflation, they, no longer were really making enough to survive, so why stay at a job that they weren't really making ends meet at? So we saw a mass exodus there. Um, We saw that people after lockdowns realized that, you know, they didn't, they weren't getting the family time that they needed. You know, they realized what was really important in this world, which isn't working ourselves to death, it is still having time for our families. So we saw people leaving jobs because of that, you know? I don't know if anybody has ever watched the movie eat. I think it's called pray, eat, love, or love, eat, pray. I don't know. What was the name of that? It had Julia Roberts in it. But in that movie, eat, eat, pray, love. That's it. I said it, I said it wrong twice. That's funny. In that movie, you know, Julia Roberts character, which was Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of the book, um, Eat, Pray, Love. Her character, and this is a true story, by the way, decided that she just wasn't happy. Like she went through the motions. She lived her life for all the things that she thought she was supposed to want. So she was supposed to want the nice house, the great job, the the perfect spouse who had a great job as well. And, you know, that she was supposed to be skinny and not eat anything. And just all of these these things that we are taught and, you know, that we are supposed to want in our lives, that this is this is what the American dream is. And we find ourselves in jobs where we never get a break. You know, we go on vacation and we're still answering our phones. We're still checking our emails. We're still freaking out because things aren't maybe not going right. And we're not there to fix it. Um, I mean, I lived that world for 10 years. And what does it get you? It gets you anxiety. It gets you stress. It gets you, you know, in some people, the suicide thing, you know, I mean, people lose themselves in these situations where they're trying to keep up a lifestyle and they need this job in order to do it and they're not happy because they never get a break they never get to reboot they never get to find out or do the things that they really love doing and then there's the whole keeping up with the jones you know so there's people who fall into that category I never really did I'm like uh, who cares but you know I definitely wanted to build that home for my daughter and give her the life that I thought she deserved and And I gave away hours and years and months of my life to situations that weren't really healthy for me. And a lot of people in the United States, especially, are finding that right now. They're finding that they're in jobs that they really don't enjoy. You know, parts of their job they might enjoy, but because of so many other unenjoyable things in their jobs, you know, terrible, horrible people that work there that just make things so toxic. You know, that's one thing that make people hate their jobs. Um, Low pay, no appreciation for what they do, you know, and then they get crucified if things go wrong and things are going to go wrong. I mean, that's just the world that we live in. Nothing's perfect and we can't prevent everything from happening. We just, there's no way to do it. Occasionally, a company is just going to go through some bad situations and what companies typically tend to do is want to blame somebody and get rid of them, instead of trying to figure out a solution together, which shows a complete lack of teamwork. That's my coffee maker going off, if you can hear it beeping in the background. Um, Guess I got my coffee right on time. But yeah, we just, there's no unity there's just a very huge lack of unity and this is was seen especially in 2021. I mean, I know I've spoke of this before, but I knew somebody whose husband had a really bad reaction to the vaccine, the second shot of the vaccine, I think it was Moderna, might have been Pfizer though. And, you know, he was hospitalized for it because it totally had neurological side effects in him that just were not going away right away and it freaked out his wife, of course it would freak me out. And so then she decided not to get the second shot because they had two children that they're still raising and, um, her job's just like, all right, well, bye. You're not going to get the second shot. Okay. Bye. And they fired her. I mean, where is the humanity? Where is it? It just makes no sense at all. And this is the healthcare, like she got fired by a healthcare company. You know, where we're supposed to be worrying about people's health, but we're just going to off somebody from their job because their husband went through a bad reaction and the wife is now afraid to take it. It just makes it blows my mind. Like where, where is our empathy? Where is our. I mean, this is a huge key word in all industry. It's, you know, emotional intelligence and they want all of us to learn it and go through these classes but there's none of it being shown by upper management of these companies right now it just makes no sense at all it makes no sense at all so we have the mass exodus of jobs and that's partially because a company's firing people due to their lack of wanting the COVID shot or their lack of wanting to buy into whatever these companies are enforcing which go against our human rights, by the way, you know, it's a human rights violation and it's really against our constitutional rights also. But anyways, mass exodus of jobs, people are finding that with the inflation rate being so high, which, you know, I looked it up. I looked up the statistics of our inflation rate. We're right now at a 6.8%. Now inflation in the United States during the 2008 event which I was also alive for and was trying to find a job right out of college um the highest it got to was 5.4 so we had a 6.8% inflation rate this year which is way above what it was in 2008 and 2008 was a shit show <laughs> it was just a shit show and we're we're seeing that now in 2001 so We're seeing anxiety, uncertainty, mass exodus of jobs, whether it be because of the job firing people or the people leaving the job. And then we're seeing this huge inflation rate, which is going, I mean, it's everything, it's gas, it's electricity, it's, you know, our food prices, car prices, everything that you've been buying has has gone up. And so people are seeing that their jobs are no longer possessing the money that they need in order to keep up with inflation. And then we had these just ridiculous weather events this past year so i don't know if anybody remembers this but we've had you know wind storms we've had torn well this is the newest stuff is the tornadoes that happened in freaking december like how often does that happen like this mass outbreak of tornadoes and you know the weather mo- so hmm we had kind what was called the derecho events that happened at the beginning of this year, the derecho events, which it wasn't quite a tornado, but it was like these whirlwind events that was like literally uprooting, building, you know, uh, trees out of the ground and flying them across the, the thing and just tearing off roofs. So though they were not tornadoes, they called them the something derecho. We had rainstorms. We had um, massive windstorms right now going on in Colorado that are causing widespread wildfires because of downed power lines is what they're saying. Um, We're having earthquakes, we're having volcanic eruptions around the world. I mean, 2021, it just, it seems like it's even gotten more heightened with the weather as well. You know, and then we've got the losses. So we've got a 2.5% divorce rate People are losing their family members. We've got domestic abuse, which I looked up as 8.1% due to COVID lockdowns is what they said it was. Then the suicide rates of 16.1%, which is 3% up from uh, before 2020. So what have I learned? What have I learned in all of this? I've learned that you want to hope for the best and prepare for the worst. I mean, really... We don't want to be negative about everything though there's been a lot of bad things that have happened i mean they made a movie about it two years in a row i don't know if you guys have watched it but it's called death to 2020 was the first one and it was like this comedy of um of what went on in 2020 that was being told by different characters (laughs) it was actually quite funny and you almost needed the comic relief after 2020. And now they just came out with another one called Death to 2021, because we saw it still just a bunch of just absolutely ridiculous things happening. I mean, we defunded the police. <laughs> we defunded the police. I mean, it's a comedy skit, it really is. So if you need a good laugh after the last two years, check out Death to 2020 and Death to 2021, it's on um, Netflix. I haven't finished the Death to 2021, Merry New Year's to you as well. <laughs> um, and, you know, the comedy and the whole thing, it has to be seen. You have to see it. So what I've learned from 2021 and 2020 is hope for the best, prepare for the worst. I've also learned that you need to build your faith. You know, you need to spend time each day just trying to build that faith because, quite honestly, that's the only thing that's going to save you from all the negativity that we might be bombarded with, especially if you turn on the news, which I don't recommend. Surround yourself with good people. You know, people who are like minded like you, because those are the people that that are going to help you stay above water when things seem like they're just really bad. Um, If you are uncertain and anxious in a situation, I've learned that for me, it's probably best that if that feeling doesn't go away within the first couple. Um, like especially a month of it, get yourself out of that situation. Situations that are bad do not help us. They make us worse. So you need to find a new situation, something that makes you feel good. Because when you feel uncertain you feel anxious in a situation, it is definitely because your internal instincts that we've been taught not to listen to but we need to start listening to them are telling you that something isn't right. So you need to find a better situation for you. I've also learned do not judge others because it's not our job. Um, I just recently watched a movie that I heard now is a book. So I'm going to have to read the book. Um, It is, it was called the shack. I don't know if anyone's heard of this movie. It's on, it's also, I believe on Netflix, (laughs) But The Shack was about this man who went through a horrible tragedy, lost his daughter, and it's about how he found his way out of it. And it's, it's just, it's brilliant. It's just a brilliant movie. I loved it. I've watched it twice now, you know, I, after losing my, my puppy, after losing my job this year, after everything that's happened this year to me, I watched that movie and it just, it gave me so much hope because there is a reason for everything. There is a reason for everything. And that movie definitely highlights those reasons. So if you are looking for an upper, though there are some sad parts and I did cry during that movie, um, the movie, The Shack, really good. I've also learned that it was a really piss poor decision for any part of our country to defund the police. It is definitely not a great idea for us to defund the police. We need law and order. Thank you so much for the likes. Um, So we need law, we need order. Not all law and order is great. I'm gonna say that right now. I know that there is bad and good and everything, but the good that comes out of law and order is still better than none at all because we need the protection, especially from the crazy people that we saw come out during 2020 and 2021. So let's look into 2022. What are some possibilities in 2022? So I've gone over what has happened in 2021 In 2022. I don't see much changing, at least not right away. I mean, it takes a while for countries and states and cities to kind of pull themselves back out of the rut. And we saw that in 2008 with the economy going down in 2008 due to the housing market. So what will we probably see? We'll probably see more inflation. I'm assuming because of the housing bubble that we found ourselves in that the housing market probably will take a hit. Our earnings are likely not going to go up and we probably won't see any raises. And we'll probably still see stress and anxiety spreading in populations. We'll see the continued suicide rates, which, you know, I think over time will go down. We'll probably see more weather events, which I... Am not convinced are due to global warming. And, you know, there might be some wars breaking out just because of the heightened global environment that we find ourselves in. But we don't need to be divided because of it. And we don't have to allow this to take us down. These things are going to happen. They've happened in our past, they're gonna happen in our future. So how do we find our way out of these situations? How do we make ourselves believe that there will be a light at the end of the tunnel? I would say that we need to work on our faith, on strengthening our faith. And that's what my plan is going to be. When I create my vision board this year, like I do every year, which is going to look super different because I've learned so much about myself over my trials and tribulations over the last year, my vision board is going to look 150% different. And that's okay because I've learned what my true desires are for my life. And it's not what I was told that they needed to be. It's not the life that I was living before, where I was working all day long, like literally all day long. And I would barely have any time with my daughter. I would barely have any time for myself. And that's not a way to live. Going back to the the movie and the book, um, Eat, Pray, Love, you know, there was a term that was that was said during that book. It's a I don't know, I hear it's an Italian term, but it's called The Art of Doing Nothing. And I cannot remember what the actual terminology was, so I'm gonna have to look it up real quick, but hold on, almost there. The Art of Doing Nothing, which they say it helps to ease stress. Yeah. So the idea of doing nothing is actually an event in and of itself. The idea that we no longer need to run on the treadmill of life. And in Italy, they call it dolce far niente. And I'm probably not pronouncing that right, but they call it the sweetness of doing nothing. And i think we all need to learn more of of how to do those kind of things you know do things that we enjoy which would be kind of like doing nothing because we feel like we're not doing anything tedious when we're enjoying what we're doing so for me it was hikes it was taking my dog that you know we just recently had to put down out for walks and camping and spending time with my family that's what life is supposed to be about it's not supposed to be this hamster wheel that we're running on trying to get up the corporate ladder and torturing ourselves with endless hours of work that really at the end of the day does nothing for us. It does nothing for us except for maybe give us some extra cash in our pockets. If we learn how to live more simplistic lives with less things that we actually don't need, we probably wouldn't need all that extra cash to begin with. So my goal is, is to make exactly the amount that I need and not need all the extravagance that we've been told that we we need to, to strive for. There are so many people out there who are living absolutely happy lives without having to live in that world of just absolute stress, anxiety, and just being terrorized by the corporate manifestation of what they say the workforce needs to be, which is ridiculous. It's a bunch of politics, that honestly don't get you anywhere. It just doesn't get you anywhere. It just brings sorrow. So my plan is to build my business, to work on my faith, to support my family, and not let anything break us apart. You know, we don't need to let politics break us up. We don't need to, to, any of our petty differences don't need to get in our way. So I've seen many families go through the divorce, the, you know, domestic violence. I mean, just the other day we had three cop cars across the street at one of our neighbor's houses for God knows what reason. Uh, continue to prepare for the possibility of bad things happening. I'm gonna continue to do that because when you prepare, you have less anxiety for it. So, you know, if they talk about things like, oh, we're gonna have bad weather, we're gonna have, you know, power outages, we're gonna have, you know, what. Depending upon where you are in the world, there's all these different things being talked about in the news. Just prepare for those things and then you don't get stressed by it. You know, if you are in a place where you have lots of power outages, get yourself a generator, just spend the money for that one thing. That's just going to bring peace of mind to you. And in time, I also plan to save another dog that needs a good home. That's what we did for Turbo. We gave him a really great home for a year and a half. And we are better for it. He was an amazing dog. Sadly, his health issues took him. But, you know, I'm going to do it again. I'm not going to stop helping our our fur friends. I'm going to try to also send out as much positivity into the world in any way that I can. And so one of those ways that I'm going to do that is I'm going to be helping out my church um, with putting together small groups. I'm probably going to lead another small group. I haven't signed up yet, but I'm going to sign up for another small group where I'm helping people through things going on in their lives because we all need support. And sometimes it's really hard to find right now. I'm also going to continue to support specifically women since women somehow don't, don't support each other enough. Somehow we find ourselves you know in turmoil with each other over supporting one another so i'm going to try to help spread that support each other in the in the women's area so those are the things i want to do for new year's eve my plan is to to make chocolate covered strawberries half champagne and spend time planning for the new year on vision boards. I usually make my daughter do one, I do one, and then Brian does one and he's my boyfriend. So we're gonna do vision boards again. I almost didn't want to because of, you know, everything that's happened over the last two weeks with my German Shepherd, but you know what? I'm gonna keep on the positive and I'm going to plan for the new year, put some vision, a vision board together with the things I wanna foresee for this year, my intentions for 2022. And then when the new year hits, Once we get done sleeping, (laughs) I want to plant a seed of hope. I'm not sure what that's going to look like, but I will tell you guys when I'm, when I figure that out, I also want to continue on with our Southern meal planning. So every new year's and this, I'm not, I'm not a Southerner by, I was not born in the South. I came to here in 2015, but I right away was brought into the tradition of the Southern new year's meal, (laughs) where you make black-eyed peas that symbolizes wealth, you make a a dish of pork, which symbolizes prosperity, you create a dish of collard greens that symbolizes good fortune, and then cornbread that represents gold. So I'm going to do that again. Um, We're going to make those dishes, we're going to eat those dishes, and we're going to create our, you know, finish our vision boards if we didn't finish them on New Year's Eve. I don't know if we're going to put off some fireworks. We might, um, but I'm going to bring in the new year with hope and with faith at the center of it, because I think that's what all of us need to be doing. Even when we've seen so much trauma, we still deserve to see hope and faith. And though 2022 might might not be the end of our trials and tribulations that started at the beginning of 2020, it doesn't matter we still can make it, we can still be in a good place. And that's what I'm gonna hope for. I've worked really hard um, this year. I mean, so I I lost my job and that was in the middle of the year. And I right away decided that I wasn't gonna let it take me down. I started the blog, I started my, this podcast, which, you know, though I don't have a lot of followers, people are still watching it. And hopefully, I hope that some of the good news that I've been putting out there, not today, of course, today I've kind of been going through the review of what we've been through and what we might go through, and that's okay. But I still want to say that there have been positive things that have happened in this world over the last two years. People helping people um, has not ended. And we need to look at those positive things. And we want to help our neighbors. We want to support each other. And no matter what happens no matter how many bad things that we might see or go through there is still positivity out there and so that's what I want this podcast to continue doing I'm going to still talk about good news every single time I get on here I'm going to write blog postings and I'm going to tell you guys about my journey because my journey though has been different it's still not been bad I mean I have been here for my daughter more than I have in the past eight years of her life almost nine years so I love the fact that job loss has given me the capability to, to do these things that I've wanted to do forever, but just never had the time or the wherewithal to put it together. Um, I'm still gonna create my gardens outside. I'm still gonna do all those things that I, I wanna do. Um, I'm gonna continue making art pieces and putting them on, on Etsy, because that's another thing I started doing, which I, is something I enjoy doing. Um, yeah, I mean, I joined the church. I, I started my business. I'm also decided that I was going to join a company or work with a company that sells life insurance because, you know, a, I can give people jobs who don't want to be in the rat race of the normal corporate ladder. I can still make money for myself, but I can create my own time. That I want to be be working, you know. I have my own goals that I can do, and I don't have a boss who's going to tell me that, you know, I'm just not doing enough because I'm not working every single hour of every single day. Because that's not what we're put on on Earth to do. We're not meant to work ourselves to death. And many countries don't do that. United States just happens to be unique in that they think that we need to work constantly. And that we are, you know, we sit there and we just wait for the weekends to come like, oh, please, weekends, we need weekends. Oh, I need a vacation. I mean, I remember saying that all the time. Oh, I need a vacation. Because I was working so much. And you just always needed that break. And you needed hope for that break. Then you go on vacation, you're taking the phone calls, you're checking your emails, you're dealing, putting out fires constantly while you're on vacation. It just really never ended. And I think that there is a better way. I know there's a better way. I've been listening to other people who have created YouTube channels and podcasts who also thought there was a better way. Um, The most recent one, and I'm probably not going to pronounce her name right, so give me a second. She's a lady who's from Australia, and she moved to another country, and I cannot remember what it is right now. Her name is Sorel Amore Finance. So I think it's Sorel Amore. So S-O-R-E-L-L-E-A-M-O-R-E is her name, first and last. And she puts out information about how she quit working nine to five jobs or, you know, for us, it's more like midnight to midnight <laughs> when you're in like a corporate management job that's basically what your hours are <clears throat> and you know i'm trying to spread the the thought process that these corporations i mean they do run the world and we don't have to let them know we don't have to work for them there are other ways we just need to figure out what those other ways are what can we provide for society that doesn't have to go through these these big corporations. Um, Sorella actually did a, a huge presentation about, you know, corporations and how they truly are run. And what she unfolded for me, which was absolutely astonishing, was that every single massive corporation that's in the stocks, you know, that you can actually buy stock for, have shareholders and they have their their top shareholders the top shareholder for almost every large corporation falls on two companies one of them is called blackrock and the other one is vanguard and of course there's other big ones underneath them like chase and all of those companies just other financial institutions and then if you look at who owns vanguard and blackrock well they own each other and then there's this other, shareholder, this other shareholder that's at the top as well, specifically for BlackRock. It seems like BlackRock almost runs the, everything, but there's private shareholders that own BlackRock and you don't know who they are. So it almost seems like every single corporation, every single government entity is being run by a short, small few, and we don't have to buy into that anymore. If we don't want to, there are other ways. There are people who have learned how to use the internet to do things for themselves that don't involve those companies. And I think all of us can figure it out. We just have to figure out what it is we want. What are we good at? Because they say that whatever you're really good at and whatever you really like to do somewhere in between those two things is where you find your path your true purpose is and you need to find that purpose and you need to live within that purpose otherwise you're just not happy and i can tell you one thing after the past six or seven months of my life and how things have just really changed i've learned that i was not living within my purpose i wasn't happy and happiness comes from within for sure and we are in charge of our own happiness and that is for sure but sometimes We have a a hard time seeing that until we find our true purpose. And my true purpose was not being a food safety manager for a food company. It just wasn't. There are parts of my job that I feel I was living within my purpose, but those were not the things that my company or the companies that I worked for even wanted me doing. They didn't like the fact that I supported my people. They didn't like the fact that I was trying to grow and develop people from a human perspective. You know what I mean? They wanted us to strictly stay out of people's lives, even though work is your life when you're there. So why not be human with people, right? But they don't want that. Yet they drive everybody to learn how to be empathetic and learning about EQ, but they don't really want us using it. It just doesn't make any sense. There's so many contradictions. So not being a part of the rat race is almost like a dream come true. And I'm hoping that I can stay out of the rat race. And that's what I'm going to work to do. And if any of you guys are with me on that, please like this podcast, share it. um, Join my little tribe, if you would. Uh, Check out my website, thriveforwards.com. I mean, I'm trying to build platforms for people to go to. And I'm hoping that people start spreading the word. Um, My initial hope was that I could become a, a coach for people to help people through these situations. Because when I saw myself going through some of the hardest times that I'd ever been through, granted, I did cry. I did freak out a little bit. And I gave myself the time to do that, but I didn't live there. I didn't live there and i don't want anyone else to have to live there either so if i can help people get through those situations then that's what i that's what i want to do i want to help people get through those situations because we're not meant to give up we're not meant to lose faith that everything is working towards our good we just might not see it yet So if you are not sure what you're doing for your New Year's, consider making a vision board. It is one of those things that I've been doing for at least three or four years now. Um, I was taught about it by a counselor that I saw at one point in my early twenties and it's helped me. It's helped me kind of become very intentional about the things that I really want. And now I'm seeing that, you know, through situations in my life that My needs have changed. My desires have changed. And I deserve to go after those things. I deserve to live in my purpose. And so does everybody else. So create that vision board, see what you actually come up with for things that you really want to focus on this coming year. Put it somewhere where you see it every single day, multiple times a day, even. And I can guarantee you that you're going to start seeing those things coming to pass. I know I did. Now, granted, has some of those things changed from last year to this year? Absolutely. And that's going to happen because we all grow, we develop, we change as we as we get to know it ourselves, which, you know, we are always changing as well as we see things that are more important and we start changing our, the dynamic of what we see to be the most important things in our lives. Yeah, spend some time on that, guys. And enjoy the things around you. Don't forget to enjoy your day to day. Don't focus so much on the future that you forget that you have things in front of you right now that you could be fighting joy in. And let go of the past. We mourn for things that have happened in our past, but we shouldn't live there because the past will do nothing for us. What we have now is the present. The present is where we should be living. Every single day, we should have we should look at every day as a new journey. Um, I know that there's been multiple writers who've talked about how. When you start acting like every day could be your last, you start really enjoying the things that you have in front of you. And I believe that to be true. I believe that when we, when we stop looking at the past as something that we want to dwell on, we stop looking at the future as something we need to drive forward heavily for that. We find ourselves right there in the middle where we need to be and the vision board. I'm not going to say is not necessary. I think that we should have goals, but we also should look at the goals of every day and how we should treat every day as a new opportunity to be our best selves. And we should always continually develop ourselves. And so one of the things that I've started doing again, which I had stopped for a while there, but I'm starting to do it again is I'm trying to read one book a month. I finished the book for December, so and I've chosen the one for January. Um, the book that I chose for December was actually a part of a book club that I was I was in, and it was called um, "A Better Way to Live" by Og Mandino, and that was a really short book. It was super easy to read, and it was also incredibly intuitive, like just things that we probably already know, but we don't spend the time really, really focusing on. And he had 17 rules that he gave us to live by in that book. And it was just amazing. It was an amazing book. I recommend it. A Better Way to Live by Ogmandino. Um, The book that I'm going to be reading next is a book written by one of one of my favorite people. Um, And his name is John Maxwell. He was a Southern minister. That's how he started out. And then he started to build his his business on writing books and helping people develop themselves to be true leaders in their lives. And in their companies and in their churches it's basically all about self-development. And so I'm going to be read. It's so funny. I I bought like all of these John Maxwell books right before I lost my job because I knew I wanted to start doing this again. And he had written so many books and they're all just really freaking awesome. One of them is called um, something about change, be the change that you want to see or, it's basically, Oh, change your world. That's what it was called. Change your world. And it's all about, I've read half of it. I haven't finished it, but it's all about how every single person on earth can, can bring on change, positive change. And it's all about finding the things that you want to see changed and then working towards making those positive changes in the world. So, you know, they talk about many, many people that he and his group have met along the way who saw like, populations that were just struggling in certain cities and, and how they went in, like people went in there and created things to help bring that society back up, you know, through education and helping the youth because that's really the next, next round that are going to be exiting um, into society. Right? So the youth are, is our society to come. So they focused on developing those, those kids, to know that they could do more, they could be better. They don't have to be living in poverty or in bad situations anymore. And there were slew of people who just went into these these communities, helped these people out, and saw all these kids get out of their poverty-ridden towns and bring up the standard, which you know is not easy to do, especially when we are taught that that's all that we can be, which you know that's all about our limiting beliefs which i've talked about in previous um episodes that our limiting beliefs holds us exactly where we are and until we fight through those those limiting beliefs we're never going to progress we're never going to see ourselves go through life in the ease that we do see other people do right so i'm sure that all of us have met those people where it seems like they just sort of float through life and that good things continually happen. But if you stop and you ask those people, like, do bad things ever really happen to you? They're gonna be like, well, yeah, of course they do. But I don't live there. I don't live in those situations. I feel it, I allow myself to feel the emotion, and then I pull myself out of it and continue on because bad things will happen to good people no matter what. And just because bad things happen to you don't mean that you are now not worthy of a good life, because you are there have been so many people who have dragged themselves out of the the barrels like so there's i'm you know i'm a little bit of a prepper i'm gonna say that because you know i like preparing for the worst and hoping for the best and so there are some people that i listen to that help me learn skills like you know how to plant things in my garden to you know how to prepare for bad weather or you know those kind of things anyways there's this one guy who lives in alaska who has a channel where that's where he kind of just talks about all these different things that you can do for yourself to help you prepare for hard times because hard times do happen he told his story i don't know it's just recent just recent and i guess he was an orphan he didn't really ever have a family he kind of went from home to home to home and though he could have ended up homeless and not really ever making anything of himself, he decided he wasn't gonna live there and he now has built a business for himself where he's helping people out all over the, the world. And he has a YouTube channel that he constantly is progressing and building and people. He's built so many followers because of the things that he's taught them from the life that he led up until that point, which was, you know, getting himself out of of the bad situation, finding himself into work. So he did have to work a regular job, nine to five, whatever, for a little while. And then he decided he wanted to build his business. And from there on, you know, now he has a family, he has a nice house, he has this business that's thriving, you know, do bad things happen to him sometimes? Absolutely. But he doesn't live there because he knows that he's gotten himself out of way worse. And so if we learn from others like him who've been in probably the worst situations and, you know, I've been there too. When I left my parents' house, <coughs> so I was the person who went to college right after high school and started to try to, to build my repertoire, which really, though it's done great things for me, it's not, it doesn't define me. It doesn't make me who I am. Um, I got out of, college right before the drop of the economy in 2008 and you know my family was going through some hard times too so my dad kicked me out i ended up buying a condo because i decided i didn't want to rent for multiple different reasons of things that i'd learned along the way but i had bought a new car and a condo right at the same time and found myself in financial peril i was barely making enough to really get by i went to be, I basically became a vegetarian, not because I was a vegetarian, but because I really just couldn't afford meat. <laughs> so I had a diet of vegetables, you know, frozen vegetables, because I could still afford those with like a lot of rice is basically what I lived on for a really long time. And then of course, some cereal, those kind of things. But um, I'd, I'd had some really bad things happen to me, you know, I, and I, I don't live there. I I'm a single mom and I was a single mom for many years because that's just the situation I found myself in. And I decided I was going to change my world. I was not going to live there. So I did move from company to company for a little while until I built myself up to a level where I was making enough for me to support me and my daughter. Then we met Brian. Brian's been in our lives since 2016. And I was really lucky to find him. He's a really great man. Um, not perfect because no one's perfect. I'm not perfect, um, but really great man. And now he's been here during some of the hard times that I went through in 2020. We are now living with each other. He's supporting me through all of my all of the things that I want to do. He's being very supportive, um, mentally and emotionally, and he's there for my daughter. It's it's just an amazing situation that. You know though i don't always voice the fact that i'm grateful i'm very grateful for most everything that's happened in my life and the way that it did happen because i've learned a lot i've learned a lot of things and over 2021 my biggest lesson was how to how to still be grateful even in really hard situations So again, please, if you have enjoyed this, if you've gotten anything out of this, please share this, like it, subscribe to my channel and check out my website. Um, It's thriveforwards.com. If you have any suggestions for things you want me to talk about, please let me know. I just want there to be a large community of people and there's so many people trying to do this right now. And I think if enough of us are successful, then we're going to have support. All of us will. We'll have people who really care about one another in the same place at the same time, being able to talk to one another, communicate with each other and bring each other up when we need it. We cannot be an island and we were never built to be. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you got something out of it. I'll be back again um, probably next week. And I will tell you about my vision board. I also do want to bring back that book um, by Og Mandino and go through the 17 laws that he said we could live by for a better life. I think he had a lot of great things to say. And he'd been through a lot himself. And I think that we are put in our situations to help others when they go through it. And I think that's what Ogmandino did. And that's what I want to do. So I will be back again next week to bring in the new year with you guys. All right. Like, share, subscribe. Thank you. And have a great day.